chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And Jesus said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you now for your blessings. We thank you for your word, the anointing that's in your word. I'm asking you, Lord, to anoint our ears that we can hear. And then our heart, God, that we will respond to what we've heard, that we could go away from here stronger and more equipped to live for you. And I'm going to give you praise in Jesus' name. Praise God. Everybody said amen. You can be seated. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject of the will of God. The will of God. I've heard people for years say they wanted to know the will of God, and I've heard them pray for the will of God, and I, I want to try to help somebody today know not, uh, not only what the will of God is, but how to get it. Is anybody interested? Praise God. There's no use wasting our time if you're not interested, but if you're interested, I'd like to try to talk to you about uh, the will of God. Anybody that is the Holy Ghost, God has a will and a purpose and a place in his kingdom for you. Now, too many times we come to church and we get involved and we feel we have an inferiority complex or whatever and say, I'm not valuable, I'm nothing. I don't sing in the choir, I don't, uh, I don't play an instrument, I don't uh, sing a special, uh, I'm not uh, one of the leaders in the church, so uh, I'm, just, uh, I'm just a nobody. But God don't make no junk. And that's proper English for us. God don't make no junk. When he filled you, he had a plan for you. And the sooner you find that plan, the happier you're going to be. And until you find that plan, you're going to be miserable. Praise God. Because just coming to church is not where it's at. There's more to it than just coming to church. 
When you find the will of God for your life and you accept it, uh, let me just meddle a little bit. You'll never come to church late again unless you're in an emergency. You'll come early to church because church will become your life. You, you, when Israel did the, uh, set up the tabernacle, all of Israel faced toward the tabernacle. And when you find the will of God for your life, everything you do or everything you get involved in uh, will first be run by the test is this the will of God for me? Praise God. Is this pleasing to God? The disciples heard Jesus pray. And they asked him, Lord, would you teach us to pray? As John taught his this, evidently John had spent quite a bit of time teaching his disciples how to pray. And when they heard the Lord pray, they said, we want, to, we want to learn how to do that. Now, what he said, the words that he said when you pray, say these or this is how, it does not mean that when you come to church, that you recite a rosary, if you please, and repeat those words word for word and or identical. But there are principles, and there, there's just Bible studies in phrases from that, and we're going to try to cover some of them this morning. Jesus said, when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, praise God. If you pray and when you pray, this is the manner in which you can be successful in reaching your desires. Now, I think we've, if you've been around a while, you've heard those that say they're praying but they never say anything. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, Jesus is not praying. Now, there is a time when you can get in the spirit of worship that that might be all you feel like saying is just elevating uh, and magnifying the Lord. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you're my friend. But when you really get down to praying uh, to reach the desires of my heart, it's going to be a prayer that is a consecrated prayer that's a dedicated prayer with a purpose. Praise God. Now, 
There is a word that I'm going to use this morning that uh, the carnal don't like. But Jesus said, when you pray, our Father, which art in heaven, how Lord be thy name. Now what, what is that saying? It's saying in order for you to be successful, you're going to have to be willing to submit. That's a hard word. Submission is one of the first steps the Lord says to get my attention. If you want to get my attention, I'm going to submit myself to you, God, that nothing will stand in my way. Now, when you pray, things will come to your mind that you haven't thought of in months. You will remember the vacuum cleaner hadn't been run. You can't remember when. The dishes is still in the sink and the yard hadn't been mowed and what have you. The devil's going to bring distractions when you get involved in the spirit of prayer and submission to keep you from getting into a deeper relationship. I remember a humorous story of an evangelist that was at the church praying, seeking the Lord, and he was really struggling to get a message and to get through. And uh, the voice came to him, is a cow's ears in front of the horns or behind the horns? What difference does it make? God made the cow and he put the horns where he wanted them. But it was a distraction, and he, he said, I couldn't get nowhere in prayer until I went and found a cow and settled the subject. You will become distracted when you begin to pray and get in the dimension of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. It will cause you to have to fight through your flesh. Praying is one of the hardest things you will do in living for God because it's breaking down your will and your flesh. And the carnal man is not going to give that up. Submission is the act of yielding or surrendering. I'm yours, Lord. I think most of us prayed when we were seeking the Holy Ghost, Lord, if you'll fill me with the Holy Ghost, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. Anybody relate to that? To live for God after receiving the Holy Ghost we're going to have to do the very same thing. I'm coming today, God, submitting to your will. I'm coming 
to submit without resistance. Anything that you bring to my mind that I need to deal with, I'm going to deal with it. Now, the pastor of this assembly, when he comes with a Bible study, he's giving you direction as to how to put your flesh under. And that's why it should be so critically important that we not allow kids, children, uh, grandkids, whatever to distract us from the Word of God. In an, in an hour Bible study, there may be only one phrase that fits you or helps you. And if you miss it, you've missed it. You've missed it. I'm submitting to you, God, without resistance. Without resistance. And to do this, then you've got to be willing to put your flesh and your desires aside. It don't matter. It don't matter what I had planned today. What would you do if uh, some of you men that like to fish, if you had the boat prepared and uh, everything was in the boat and it was hooked up to the truck and you was just fixing to sit down in the seat and, and you just can't wait to get to the lake. And that still small voice said, park your truck and go pray. What would happen? Some of the ladies, maybe a shopping trip. Go pray. To be able to know the voice of God and the will of God, I've got to be willing to put my flesh and my desires aside. I can't serve God as a second hand, a second occupation, or a second job. There's been things that I've had to, and uh, I, I thought when we retired that, brother, no more problems, no more troubles. Uh, we'd just walk off in the sunset and everything would be bliss from your own after. Was I ever in pro-awakening? We had more opposition come against us after we retired than we ever did while we were pastoring. Why does things like that happen? Because if you're not careful, I could have very easily built our house and while we were building it, I, I built a swing for the front porch. And, and I reinforced the ceiling to where it, was, it would stay in place. And uh, I got me some cypress lumber from, uh, from the river bottom in Florida. It don't rot. You don't have to paint it. 
is, is just is there. And I knew that I could solve all the world's problems in that chair. But the Lord had other things in mind. If I don't stir up his nest, it could be bad for him. So he sent opposition my way. And opposition will, if that won't drive you to pray, you're a lost cause. When your world is caving in, if you can't say, oh, God, help me, you're never going to pray. But that's one kind of prayer, and that's effective prayer. But when we can just come to the house of God because we know God loves communication. And I'll get there in a few minutes. But God, I'm coming and I'm laying aside every area of my heart. Now, revival comes to the assembly that is submitted to each other and pulling together. The, the day of Pentecost, they were all together in one place and in one mind, and suddenly, praise God. I, I understand Brother and Sister Waldorf is going to be coming for revival here very shortly, possibly within a couple of weeks. And uh, I'll say uh, in their favor, uh, I don't know of nobody that's more effective in reaching the needs of a church. And if a sinner comes reaching a sinner and then praying with them in the altar, then this couple that's coming here. You're not going to find no better. But he doesn't bring revival in a suitcase. The church is either in shape by pulling together and no, nobody of opposition. Now, I'm not saying that it has to be 100% because Jesus uh, picked the devil just to show us that not everybody's going to be saved. But to you that want to see revival, don't get distracted by the ones that's not interested in revival. Don't let the enemy point out somebody that they're not worshiping as much as you are. They're not bringing as many visitors as you are because that could very easily become a self-righteous spirit. But if the church is ready and you are hungry and you are submitted, God's going to honor that by bringing an in-gathering just like it did on the day of Pentecost. It's not easy to submit to one another. Now, it's easy to demand they submit to you. And when you have a problem with somebody, brother, you want to hang them over the flames. 
until they squeal and beg for mercy. But then when it's turned around and you're the one, you really want mercy. You go easy on me. So submission, we just don't like to do it. Our, our mother Eve had that put in our DNA. And that's why the carnal man is not going to submit to the spirit. But if we, if we learn the, the spirit of submission, then that requires that we give up our position. You may be right. But the person that is submitted will accept the blame in order to resolve the problem. Just remember that. If, if you're, you say, well, I, I'm not wrong. I, I didn't do anything wrong. Well, uh, to bring about uh, unity, I'll just say, you know, I, I'll accept that. I'm, I'm working myself right now through a situation that's been one of the hardest situations I've ever dealt with. But I, I resolved myself, I'm going to just say I take full responsibility for all of the problems. And then when God deals with the problem, he's not going to have to deal with me because I'm not part of the problem. Praise God. Thy will be done as in heaven, so is it in earth. Your will, Lord, not mine, your will. Now they said, teach us to pray and he started teaching them how to pray, and I kind of think some of them squirmed there for a while. Thy will be done, as in heaven, so in the earth. Now, how is things done in heaven? We don't really know, other than what we can find from the Word of God. But... How do the angels treat and are submit to the Lord in the heavenlies? How do they treat the Lord? How do they communicate and how do they worship? Well, Revelation chapter 4 gives us a pretty good example. Verses 10 and 11, the four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure, they are and were created. 
praise God, falling down before him. There's nothing that pleases God or excites God any more than seeing a broken and a contrite heart kneeling or falling before him and say, God, it's me in the need of prayer. I'm submitting to you when I kneel before you. Submit to what? What is it that pleases God? What is it that gets God's attention? What is it that gives God great pleasure? They took that which was the most important and the most prized possession they had, the crown that they had received, and laid it at his feet. Worthy, Lord, I'm not worthy to wear this in your presence. I want to give it to you. And when I give that crown, it's a symbol that I have given my everything, and now I want to be able to worship you. This said, I give you my all. I don't have anything else to give you. I don't have anything else to offer you. I'm here before you, and I'm giving you all of my possessions. I'm giving you those things that means the most to me. I'm here to submit my will and my desire, my pleasure, my ambitions. I know that you like praise, so I'm going to give you praise. Now, when an assembly gets a hold of this and starts getting in this dimension, I talked a lot about the dimension of the Holy Ghost on Wednesday night, and I probably will stay close in this vein from what I'm feeling right now the rest of this week. So just a little forewarning, if you're bored, it would be a good excuse to go fishing. <clears throat> Praise God, forewarned. I'm going to find the will of God for my life. And when I get in that dimension, we won't need a praise leader. Only a praise, someone that will give us direction. Nobody would ever have to say, let's lift our hands and give God praise. Because it's boiling up inside of me. Something won't let me stop. Go to a foreign country, one of these third world countries. And uh, Brother Davis, my, my pastor, uh, in the 60s went to uh, Brazil. And uh, there uh, you could preach for an hour. And you'd say, I'm fixing to close. And they would stand to their feet and start in unison saying, preach, preach, preach. He would preach another hour, and the same thing. He said, I don't know if they would have ever got full. And on the pulpit was a, 
was a, a bell, a cowbell that sit there. And uh, ever so often the pastor or uh, the leader of the service would take that bell and start ringing it. And that was saying, sit down and be quiet. It's time for preaching. Oh, we talk about the Holy Ghost being exciting, uh, but uh, it'd be hard sometimes to convince a visitor uh, that it's all that exciting. But if they walked in that door and uh, they were frightened because this place was so wild, I promise you they may look at it and feel that way, but the Holy Ghost is going to reach out there and get a hold to them, and something will say to them, go on inside and sit down. That's what you're looking for. That's what you've been seeking after. That's what your purpose is. I'm talking about the will of God. The will of God is that the church, the saints, create the atmosphere that the preacher can preach with anointing, that the preacher can feed you, that the sinner, when they come in, they feel conviction and they want what you got. And when you do this, revival comes to your heart and then it comes to your church. First has to come to your heart before it ever comes to your church. When you get to where I'm talking about, you will be so sensitive to those that you work with and even those you meet on the street. How many stories have I heard of saints of God driving down the street and the Holy Ghost said, stop and go knock on that door. And when they knocked on the door, it was cracked to make sure uh, that it was not a bad person. And when they saw what it was, the Lord, I don't know why, ma'am, sir, but the Lord spoke to me and told me to come knock on this door and they broke out into tears and said, I've been praying if there is a God in heaven, if there is a church in this city, that somebody would come and invite me, how that I could know where to go. I want to find truth. I don't want to just find a church. I want to find truth. I'm telling you, they're out there. But we'll never find it through a carnal worship and a carnal praise and just a haphazard living for God. Something's going to have to captivate us until the place that nothing matters but finding God and bringing somebody to the Lord. Praise God. When revival comes to the church, it comes because you become sensitive to the will of God. John chapter 12 and verse 24, verily, verily. Now, I'm sure you've been told this before, but when you see verily, verily, that means everybody look up here. 
Everybody wake up and pay attention. I've got something special. I've got a special announcement. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone, it will rot. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And until one dies, they're of no value to the kingdom of God in spiritual matters. They will merely lay in the ground or hang around the church and abide alone and not reproduce themselves. But when one dies out to themselves and the desires of self, then they will bring forth much fruit. I said it a while ago, I'll repeat again. When you get to feeling like you are nothing and are nobody, and you're not important to the church, I'm fixing to dispel that fear right now. One grain, except a grain, just one kernel of corn. Is there anybody here that doesn't know what a kernel of corn looks like? Everybody does? Little, bitty, yellow, uh, some smaller than others, but maybe the size of your thumbnail, just one kernel of corn. It will produce from one to six ears per stalk. Now, I sit down one time, and I counted and put them in a bottle, and for several years I kept that bottle as an illustration when I taught along these lines just to just to show you what one kernel will do. It will produce from one to six ears of corn per stalk and from seven hundred to one thousand grains per ear. You do the math. All I got to do is die. And I have the potential. You have the potential of filling this building wall to wall. One person has the, the ability to fill this building wall to wall. From 420 to 6, from 4,200 4, to 6,000 grains of corn when just one falls in the ground and dies. Praise God. Oh, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. The Lord is fixing to help somebody if you'll just let him. It is the will of God 
that you grow. I don't care how long you've been in the church. Grandma, you still need to come to church, don't you? Your birthdays don't excuse you. Say, I don't have to come to church anymore. Sis, you have to come to church again. I got to hear preaching again. I got to lift my hands again and on and on. We never get so old that we don't need to grow. I, I, I don't know of any time I've ever sat through a service that the preacher hadn't cut my legs out from under me. I thought I was doing pretty good, and all of a sudden he said, Whoa, let me show you something. If your baby born eight pounds and four ounces, a year later, still weighed eight pounds and four ounces. Oh, well, they'll grow up someday. Just give them time. Oh, I, I'm, I'm stirred, not to the point of I'm not here to get on to nobody, but I'm here to warn that the Lord is fixing to come and he's going to expect a vibrant church when he comes. He's going to expect somebody to be looking for him when he comes. He's going to expect somebody to say, I'm going to be found in the field when you come. It's the will of God that church grows. It's the will of God that his apostolic church grows. Now, how's this done on a consistent basis? You want to see your church grow? I'll show you how. Will you do it? I didn't get many. I can show you from the Scripture how to do it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 31, I protest by your rejoicing which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. Anybody finish it? I die daily. Paul said, I'm not rejoicing about what you're bragging about me on. I know my flesh. I know what I've had to confront and the times that I've had to rise up against my nature and say, you're not going there. You're not saying that. You're not getting involved in that. It's hard to stand when they're uh, putting 30 and 9 stripes on your back when you know you're innocent. Except you've died that morning. Every day. Every day. How many people have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and shouted and danced and run the aisles and said, this is the great experience that I've ever had, only to go day after day, day after day, living in the flesh, doing the things of the flesh and wondering 
Why am I still struggling? Why am I still struggling? Because either you are full of the Holy Ghost or your carnal nature has its head up. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, I've got to die. The Holy Ghost only gives you the power to either say yes or no. The Holy Ghost will not force you to do anything. It will just put a hunger in your heart to do thus or so, whatever the case may be. And then you decide, am I going to follow through? What it took to die out in the first place to receive the Holy Ghost is going to take for you to walk in the Spirit daily. Same fight. This is a fight. This is a fight. You're a soldier. You're not to just lay around and uh, you're on the front line. You're fighting an enemy every day of your life. Praise God. But all oh, the joy in serving Jesus. Not with Jesus, in Jesus. And when you fall at his feet and you give up everything for him, you have God's attention, you have God's blessings. Praise God. Now that, so far, is talking to the church that has already received the Holy Ghost. But if you're here today and don't have the Holy Ghost and desire it, he said, I'm no respecter of persons. What he required of me to do, he requires of you to do. Anybody here today can leave here with the Holy Ghost if you'll do what I've just been talking about. But you will never get it until you're willing to fall at his feet. Let's lift our hands and see what the Spirit wants to do. Praise God. Come on, church. It's your turn now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here today and you're not exactly where you need to be, Today would be a good day to take care of it because you may not be here. You may not be around for the service tonight. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. church let's continue to pray come on let's press amen let this word get into our heart hallelujah jesus hallelujah jesus hallelujah come on if you feel like it today why don't you step down to the altar find a place to pray this morning come on we got to bury this into our heart